0: You're Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into whatever electronic device you're using to listen to this. And if you're not using an electronic device, then let me know where you're getting that witchcraft. I'm your host, AJ Andrews of JaysRenacouch.com back with you on a frozen thursday. It's not pretty out there. I'm I'm guessing if you're in Canada, you know what I'm talking about because this ice storm is just going across and like I I made one trek downtown today and was pelted with more frozen garbage than your average Astros batter today. It was like branches and and ice blocks and trees. It's just disgusting. So, I'm looking forward to talking about baseball just to take my mind off the fact that it is still very much winter here. And to do so, I have brought a, a special guest who has graciously agreed to spend some time with me and, and talk with me and basically try not to taunt me with the fact that he is in Florida right now and I am not, which may be a running theme for the upcoming month of shows. But uh, he is the play by play voice of the Toronto Blue Jays. He is the the veteran of the SportsNet 590 broadcasts. And he has been very patient as I set this up. Mr. Mike Wilner is on the program as we have been hyping basically all week because, you know, when you get someone of Mike Wilner's quality, you you want to Promote that, and he's he's also officially a source for the for the podcast based on one of the tweets I sent out earlier this week. Mike, I I am grateful for everything. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast and joining me, and basically being willing put up with me for a little bit here.
0: Um, I am not that big a deal. (laughs) i appreciate it it's very very kind of you and thanks also for reminding me how old i am but um (laughs) yeah that that was quite the setup thank you very much
1: i i like to think i've gotten to the point where i can you know properly butter up my guests to to hopefully get them to you know enjoy their time talking with me because that's that's the point here i mean if we're not enjoying this conversation we're about to have i mean what's why are we even doing it right
0: Right, and what's more fun than talking about baseball especially with you in the middle of an ice storm up there which <laughs> is pretty brutal. I but know. no, I'm very happy to do this and thank you know this is it's we're at the point in spring where um you get back from a game and don't really have anything to do for a while so thank you for giving me something to do tonight.
1: I I am happy to help you in that regard. I mean, I I know there are probably a multitude of things available i think you're underselling a little bit like i mean one of the one of the questions i was actually going to ask you is like just what are dinner plans in dunedin essentially consisting of
0: i you know what it's funny i get asked a lot for like restaurant recommendations and dunedin and stuff because i'm not shy about sharing food stories and stuff on twitter and Uh, and I guess every once in a while on the broadcast, but I'm almost never in Dunedin. Like I've stayed, this is my 20th year at spring training. I've stayed in Dunedin in one of those 20 years, and that was um, because it was going to be a shortened stay because um, my second daughter was about to be born and I wasn't sure how I was going to be down here. and um, So I didn't rent a condo, but usually I'm I'm in a condo, in generally in Clearwater, sometimes north. Um, this year I'm, in, I'm on Clearwater Beach, but almost never in Dunedin. So I don't know. I know there's like a couple of blocks of delightfully different downtown Dunedin, and, and there's some cool places on Main Street. But um, but generally it's, it's Clearwater and it's Clearwater Beach, and um, it's not, for me anyway, not nearly as glamorous as I think a lot of people would think it was.
1: I I I I haven't been to spring training since 2016, and I believe I did stay in Clearwater for that actually. So I I know it's not glamorous, but you know there's there's food. I think we went there's to- yeah. I think we went to like a Jimmy Buffett restaurant when we were down there just because it was the closest oh, spot. If. It was all right. It was not, not worth the overpriced Jimmy Buffettness of it all. But just
0: yeah, I don't. I'm not. I I can't think of a Margaritaville around here, but I'm sure there's one hiding somewhere for sure. <laughs> there's a lot of very like, especially on the beach. There's a lot of very cheesy, touristy, um, you know, places just to go and drink. Uh, there's a lot of that, and there's your regular American chains and a couple of hidden gems here and there. Mm.
1: I, um,
0: but yeah, I, I'm, I don't know. I'm I'm struggling lately for for dinner plans. Just wander around the beach and look for things.
1: Shoot, that was my softball Some... question too. Um, I I did not mean to cross you up that early, Mike. But um <laughs> we can we can definitely move on to baseball. I think that's a that's a more uh, an open topic. I think we can have discussions on without trying to parse the merits of Clearwater's tacky steakhouse scene. But Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> um now I do know that you are trying to be more positive about baseball this season. So I just want to get one negative thing out of the way and then we can go full positive on this. Um, obviously, the big story in baseball hanging over everything is the Astros and and all the things that have become attached to their cheating scandal whether it be the stealing of signs now the doctoring of balls um the the retribution happening um i think seven astros have been plunked in their first five games uh was the number i saw yesterday i wanted to know what your thoughts were on how how mlb did with this punishment and how you think the astros are going to take this punishment going into the season.
0: I mean, I think that, first of all, I, I, I don't mind talking about this at all. I, I think they're, you know, dirty, dirty cheaters, and, and <laughs> I've referred to them as that already a few times. Um, I, I, I made a garbage can joke yesterday, and I'm going to be uh, all over this for a long time because it deserves it. I mean, mm. um, you know, there's a whole idea of. If you're not cheating, you're not trying and all of that stuff and gamesmanship and whatever. But the Astros not only took it to a whole other level with setting up their own camera and the garbage can stuff and the monitor and the tunnel, uh, but they were just so arrogant about it and so brazen and and such jerks about it. Mm. Um, you know, uh, I, I don't know that any of this would have happened if Jay Hinch hadn't said in a press conference during the playoffs that if he hadn't dared someone to put their name on this, someone had brought up the whispers and whatever, and um, you know, people had heard whistling and and all of that stuff. Um, And AJ was just so defiant. And he said, look, you know, if, if someone wants to accuse us, then show your face, put your name on this enough of all this anonymous crap. So Mike Fires said, okay, and and he did. And if if AJ hadn't done that, then maybe fires doesn't come out publicly, and maybe we don't get any of this. So you know the 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 arrogance, the the way Alex Bregman has behaved um, through the, the the seasons and uh, everything. That's that puts such a an extra layer of um, of Grossness to the whole thing Um, I don't I don't believe in Physical retribution I've said many times that I think A pitcher hitting A batter with a baseball Because he's angry at him is an incredibly Cowardly act Mm. uh, And just stupid uh, um, And dangerous Uh, So I, I don't Like that idea And I wonder what the storm is going to be like when during the regular season a pitcher drills an astros hitter and gets a bigger suspension than any single astro did for cheating their way to a world series win um that that's going to be very very interesting to see Uh, Mm -hmm. i hope it doesn't happen but given what's happened already i think it's it's inevitable um i don't you know, the whole granting players immunity so that they could get to the truth of it, that's all well and good, I guess. But if new stuff comes out, you know, if this buzzer thing is true or anything else um, that shows that the Astros knew what was coming after when the report says they stopped cheating in the middle of 2018. Um, if any new stuff comes out that they didn't cop to, that they didn't talk about when they were granted immunity, then I think the book should be thrown at them. And, and you know, like shoeless, Joe lifetime suspensions, those mm. sorts of things. I don't think we'll see that because the commissioner is an arm of ownership now and not working in the best interest of the game as a whole. Um, uh, but, you know, Jim Crane should be forced to sell the, all, all this stuff. Um, but uh, so I, I think that in that sense, it was handled pretty poorly by the commissioner's office. It's been handled even more poorly by the Astros since with this defiance and, you know, the idea that when you win a World Series in Game 7, it's the slimmest of possible margins to win a championship, and you say, well, this sign stealing I don't think really affected anything. Uh, that to, to still come out and say that For Carlos Correa to uh, give an angry interview to Ken Rosenthal The day after all the forced and, and weak uh, apologies It's just such a bad look It's been a bad look top to bottom um, They've used the word remorse a lot But very clearly there isn't any there They're sorry they got caught They're mm-hmm. not sorry for doing it yeah. Uh, but that just seems to be the way that, that things are right now
1: yeah and i i i did wanna wanna ask about that because it it does seem like you know if the Astros had basically followed a j hinch's lead and actually been like you know we're sorry and we we know we cheated and and we don't deserve what we got instead they came out just wearing the black cowboy hat and with the ominous music behind them and just spouting the the forced tripe that they were forced to spout like it was like like i mean alex bregman basically had cue cards at his feet it (laughs) sounded like during his apology
0: oh 100 percent. yeah they were were told what to say and they said it and, and they thought okay we did it now let's go Ah, uh, the difference between them and AJ Hinch is that AJ Hinch is looking for work, and mm. none of the Astros are. And I, you know, and, and I think that AJ is going to wind up getting back in the game. I hope he doesn't, but the the people I've heard talk about, oh, he's a good guy and all this stuff, and he's a good manager. And well, um, you know, I, I, there there a line has to be drawn somewhere, and I really do think that if if The Astros, if the players had actually been punished, then you might see a little more contrition, but they cheated, they got away with it, everybody knows now that they cheated, and they still got away with it. There's no vacated championship, not that that could happen, but they haven't even taken away any uh, playoff bonus money or anything. Um, So look, they did what they did and they got away with it. Uh, And I think expecting them to um to be legitimately contrite is a is a lot to expect when they had absolutely zero consequences.
1: Yeah. And I that is why I was so thrilled that Mike Bolsinger actually stepped up and, and tried to get that bonus money off him because I think someone has to make the Astros pay. Like like you said, it's it's not gonna be with baseballs. That's that's a very old century level of thinking to think that you know you can get your pound of flesh with a 95 mile an hour fastball but so i i am interested in that i'm (sighs) we will be back with more from mike wilner sportsnet 590 right after this
0: you are locked on blue jays your daily toronto blue jays podcast Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every
1: day. Like the only other thing I can I can really think of for that is like given the way Rob Manfred actually did handle this, like like coming down and on the on the potential retribution on you know uh, looking at other methods of of stretching the rules in baseball. And I I had someone bring up the fact that this was almost too good for baseball and that now they had a villain that everyone could root against. They had their Duke, they had their Golden State Warriors, they had that tangible bad guy. Like can you can you even subscribe to that? Do you think like it's it's at that point where Manfred's like trying to keep this to the point where the Astros can still be that villain and yet Try to walk that line where you can actually get the punishment on them as opposed to t- essentially doing what he did, which did not do enough for people.
0: I think they were already the villains uh I think obviously now clearly they're far more of a of a villain than they were before, but I think that you know the, their arrogance and the way they carried themselves and and um all of that sort of made them the villain, anyway. Um, but I mean, I've heard people talk about how it's good for baseball that things are being talked about now. That you know, baseball has been on the front pages of sports uh, and newspapers all winter long, and just knocked off maybe for a day by the Super Bowl, when instead of for a week or for a month. And that any publicity is good publicity, um, and maybe it will get more eyes on the sport for Astros games in the early season for the bloodlust people want to see what's happening. But I think the leader issue is that if you, you know, if you don't, if you're not confident in a game being played fairly. Mm then that's the beginning of the end for a sport. Um, You know, the whole thing about not wrestling and not boxing, and and maybe boxing took the nosedive because uh, there were so many questionable outcomes. Um, But, you know, even if it's it's the Yankees against the Kansas City Royals or, or the Detroit Tigers, and one team is way better than the other, the idea is they both show up at the ballpark. They're going to give you the best that they've got that day, and whoever's better that day wins, fair and square. And when you lose the fair and square part, you start to lose the audience. People start to tune out, and eventually you lose the sport. And I think that's the greater issue, um, and it's certainly not worth, hey, we've got a villain, if you're also dealing with that. Mm. Sorry, I didn't mean to bring you
1: down. Oh, yeah. no, no. It's all right. Just. It's you know not what? a happy thing to no, be talking
0: about.
1: It, it isn't. So you know what? We're going to change it up. We're going we're gonna to go to something much happier. And then we're going right. to go into the Blue Jays. But I. Not that the Blue Jays aren't happy. We'll get to that. But. Obviously, one of the happiest stories. One. One of the the most anti-Astros stories I think you could think of from this offseason was Larry Walker getting into the Hall of Fame and you were a very vocal proponent of Walker getting into the Hall of Fame I I think you were one of the mo- one of the most vocal people when he got in just going full caps on Twitter just like shouting it from the mountaintop um what did that mean to you to see a guy like Larry Walker who who you can argue like I said the anti-astro he persevered he he did all, all his work he was a consummate professional what did it mean to see him finally get that call from Cooperstown
0: Oh it was it was amazing and I think mostly because it was so unexpected he had to pick up 20 percentage points in voting two years in a row and nobody's ever done that before um they changed the rules while larry walker was on the ballot they they cut it from 15 years to 10 um and had it been 15 i don't think there ever would have been any question we wouldn't have been sweating it out it would have been a long slow steady climb um and he would have made it in but the fact that um he had to gain so much um, that even with the electorate starting to look at new ways of measuring things and uh, starting to, no offense, get smarter um, <laughs> and, uh, and just, you know, go beyond the, oh, this guy doesn't look like a Hall of Famer or whatever. Um, I, I didn't think he was going to get in. I thought, um, I thought that evening. I remember thinking, I did. I, I I, th- I tweeted it, but I didn't want to say it out loud. That I thought he was going to be like five or six votes short, and it was going to suck. And he deserved it. And um, you know, I tried my best to make the arguments to as many voters as I could. Um, the two biggest knocks against him were the fact that he played a course, but he had a better road OPS than Ken Griffey Jr. and Ken Griffey Jr. played most of his career in two incredible hitter's parks in the Kingdom in Seattle and Synergy in Cincinnati. No one ever suggested that he was a creation of either of those ballparks. And uh, the other thing was the injury issue. And Larry Walker played more games per season over the course of his career than Willie Stargell, who was a first ballot Hall of Famer and nowhere near the baseball player that Larry Walker was. So, um, all that said, I thought he still had so much ground to to make up that he wasn't going to be able to do it, and I was ready to be disappointed. And I th- that's one of the reasons why I and so many other Canadian baseball fans and Coloradans <laughs> were so ecstatic when when we found out that he got it. Mm.
1: And I. I'm. I was with you a hundred percent. I like there. There's a bigger argument you could have made for Larry Walker, even even if he didn't get in, and that was just the sheer cultural impact of what he did to baseball in this country. You can argue that you know you don't have an entire generation of Canadian players if there is no Larry Walker. I mean, you don't have me if there's no Larry Walker. Because like when I when I was just you know, starting to get aware of sports. I was aware of the Blue Jays and I was aware of Larry Walker. And I had a, I had one of those like Colorado Rockies bomber jackets just because of Larry Walker. And like, I, I'd, I'd be in the backyard trying to hit balls over the giant wood pile, just, just trying to emulate that swing of his. And, you know, one of the, one of the arguments I made, like he had as much an impact on baseball as say Yao Ming did and basketball and Yao Ming got into the basketball hall of fame, despite a really shaky career, like Larry Walker's statistical achievements in, in that kind of apples to orange comparison, much better. So you can argue that with the added cultural impact, it shouldn't have taken this long really to put Walker in.
0: No, and you'd be a hundred percent right. And, and it's interesting that, that, um, you know, Ken Rosenthal mentioned that in when he wrote his uh, column talking about his ballot, and he put Larry on it where he hadn't in the past. He mentioned an article written by Shai Davidi that talked about exactly that, about the impact on, that he made on baseball in Canada, about uh, the whole generation. Right, Justin Morneau wore thirty-three because Larry Walker wore thirty-three, and mm-hmm. and. All, all these guys of the Morno era, the the ones that were in that first wave of the World Baseball Classic when Walker was already done, um, they're not a thousand percent on him, but he had way more to do with it than anyone I think would ever think of giving him credit for. And yeah, to to he probably deserves to be in the Hall of Fame as a builder. Mm. Um, along along those lines of Yao Ming, but what he did on the field was more than Hall of Fame worthy, and it's great that he was finally recognized for that. It is it's it's beyond ridiculous. I mean, I've I've tried to get in the heads of these some of these Hall of Fame voters, and it's just impossible for me. I, I'll, I'll never understand why it took Tim Rain so long to get in. I thought that was crazy yeah he wasn't ricky henderson but that's okay the second best of everything is it doesn't have to wait 8 years to get into a hall of fame um i i just i don't understand this stuff and i'm i'm glad it happened um but yeah I, i'm i'm glad also that we know at least rosenthal changed his mind because of what larry walker meant to an entire country in baseball
1: yeah i i uh, i remembered seeing that that piece when he linked to it and it it made the case extremely well for for just that kind of impact um and is it just one more hall of fame thing is it to say fred mcgriff is the next blue jay getting in because like he's gonna be in on the veterans committee if they put harold baines in i don't know how they can keep fred mcgriff out
0: yeah i i think that um I think that's true. I think that he'll get in the next time he's on the uh, the modern era ballot. I, I I don't think he has been before. That's another whole crazy thing about these the voting, uh, the electorate, when Fred was on the ballot for so long. And he just came off very recently. But, you know, had he had seven more home runs, he would have been a first ballot Hall of Famer. Seven more home runs. Had there not been a strike in 1994, and they played the last five weeks of that season, he'd have hit seven more home runs, and he would have been a first ballot Hall of Famer. And now, he didn't get in in ten years. He'll have to wait to get in on the Veterans Committee. It's, it's, I mean, it's it, insane.
1: It's smoky. Like, it. it's those smoke-filled rooms, like, you you remember here out in history class. Just, like, guys sitting around the table, just being like, oh, I guess we can... We can nominate this guy. I don't know. It's, it's, it's shady, but if it (laughs) writes that wrong, I guess I can live with it.
0: Yeah. I think it's less shady now. It's still certainly not transparent at all. Um, they, they do reveal the votes, but there are only like what, 16 people voting and they have to get 12 votes to get in. Mm. Um, and in and, and a lot of ways it is very much an old boys club harold baines is in because you know three of the people on that committee either played with him or managed him and they really really made the case so um if you have the right champion you're in. uh but i don't think McGriff needs that i think it, the resume is there
1: mm, for sure and i can't i will be very happy to see him and i I think he. I think there's a chance he puts the Blue Jays cap on. I, I think don't think it's...
0: there's any. Really? Sorry. Yeah, it'll be Braves a thousand yeah. percent. Darn. With apologies, buddy. I'm sure he'll have Man. very nice things to say about the Blue Jays in his induction speech. He just wasn't here long enough.
1: Mm. Plus, plus. I mean, he he had the same thing as Tony Fernandez. Like he was more remembered for being traded than for what he did with the Blue Jays, which was unfair. Especially to Fernandez, but um. I, I hope
0: that Tony wasn't remembered that way. I, I certainly think you know the fact that he came back and won the World Series and, mm-hmm. and then came back another time <laughs> after. that. Uh, but McGriff won the World Series with Atlanta, and he, uh, he really had his greatest successes there and um, you know he's working for them now. He was their first base coach on Monday uh, when the Blue Jays played the Braves so he's he's really uh a big part of that franchise and and as much as he's loved here, he's loved there too um but much longer tenure in atlanta World Series win I think that's that's what gets you the cap
1: mm. no fair point, and I totally forgot about the World Series win in atlanta that that generally makes a decision pretty easy for that Hall of Fame cap so I will leave it right there. And that's where we will leave it for today. Be sure to join us tomorrow where instead of our regular Blue Jays Fan Friday, we will have part two of our interview with Sportsnet's Mike Wilner. You can find him on Twitter at wilderness 590 You can find me on Twitter at A underscore J underscore Andrews. The underscores are there because Twitter is dumb. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Himalaya, wherever you get podcasts. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode and follow Locked On Jays on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at that tag. And we will see you again tomorrow. So, for everyone at the Locked On Podcast Network and everyone at jaysrinacouch.com, I'm AJ Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. And y'all take care.